Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia, and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today we have on with us Chelsea Colbertson. You guys know her as Choosing Chelsea. Chelsea is a positivity and body confidence preaching Instagrammer that has risen from the depths of ultimate self-hatred and negativity to a place of self-love and body neutrality. She wants to help all women embrace themselves at all stages and learn to live a life out of love for themselves. Amen. (laughs) Also, an avid macro counter and a six day a week gym goer that is now exploring the world post diet culture. She promotes a sustainable and realistic approach to overall wellness that focuses on feeling better over looking better. And she's about to encourage us to choose ourselves for a change. Thank you, Chelsea. And welcome (laughs) to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Hello. Hello. We're so excited to have you. The most excited. <laughs> I love I loved your little bio, Chelsea. I was like, choose your software change. She's right. I need to Oh my god, the amount of pressure when like having to come up with a bio, I think that I've came up with that it's bio. The worst. I don't know. It's been a while now. And I'm like, oh she's written my whole bio. Okay. Good for her. I'm like, I don't know what to put in this thing. <laughs> no, I actually usually don't read people's bios, actually, but yours was so great. I was like, I'm just going to read it. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Okay, that's good to know. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> no, that's you're talented yeah. in the bio department. You got it. <laughs> you got it. Okay, good. That's comforting. I've always had a way with words. So. <laughs> yes, she does. Well, Chelsea, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and how old you are. I'm Chelsea. I am 29. I live in Monterey, California. I had my daughter really young, so I have an 11-year-old. I'm married. Yes, my husband is the father of my child. What a what a rarity these days, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> and yeah, I work part time as an, a registered nurse, and I do the whole Instagram thing, basically. That thing. I mean, it it takes up way more of my time, but I don't. It's kind of it's really funny. casual. <laughs> it's cash. Oh, so no, cool. absolutely. You you do so much. It's so funny. We were just saying this the other day. It's crazy when you're like following people from our perspective, when you're following people on Instagram and you're like, hold on, I have to actually introduce myself. Like I know these things about them, but they might not know things about me. Yeah, you, like, you feel like you know people and you're like, yeah, oh, actually. You feel like you're friends. We don't know each other at all. <laughs> I, I totally know how, yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. But first of all, it, it's so cool to have you on here because I have admired so much of what you share. I feel like we've had so many conversations about this particular space, about everything with body confidence and body neutrality and just the overall feeling better type of thing. And I particularly admire your outlook on everything because it really aligns with where I am right now. I feel like there are two sides there can be right like two sides of the spectrum either like really really involved and invested in diet culture and thinking that's the only way and the right way or there's this other place of body positivity which is incredible um and so so important and powerful but i think that sometimes for people that do have some fitness goals and all that stuff we kind of struggle with finding how to go about promoting that in a positive and non-pressuring way if that makes sense so i really really align with your message and love the way that you choose to share that in a way that promotes positivity and also allows people to have the choice to do what feels best for them. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yes, completely 100%. It does. A lot of times you'll be on social media and it can feel like there's these two very extreme ends of a spectrum and you're not quite in one side and you're not quite in the other and then you just feel like you don't fit in and like where do you belong and it really is just kind of a journey of doing ultimately what is best for you and that doesn't mean it's one place or another it's just where you kind of fall when you feel your best I think that's really important like you have to do what's best for you because everyone's gonna have their own opinion on every single thing like literally anything in the world and it's all about what's finding what's best for you and that might take some trial and error but at the end of the day like you're 
the only person that is going to feel the things that you do is you. So yeah, that's completely. So completely. Definitely. And I think it's also really cool for people to see that in a world where we're really, really like shown and like shoved down these messages of you can only achieve a healthy lifestyle or whatever you define as a as a fit quote unquote body by doing x y and z i feel like having you is such a cool example to see that like you can have a peaceful and and healthy relationship with food and your body and also like challenge yourself in aspects of fitness and and maybe set some goals to what whether it be like oh i want to try and lift a little more today oh maybe i can't maybe i can but kind of approaching all of it with peace and and balance and i think it really shows that it's possible because at least i and i feel like a lot of other people thought it it wasn't at all (laughs) yeah and it's hard because when a lot of people enter a space of of wellness it usually is off the pretense of weight loss or very heavily focused on trying to achieve a certain figure. And when you go in and that is your one and only goal, it puts so much pressure on yourself because you may never achieve a certain body. You may never achieve a certain amount of pounds on the scale. And if you use that as your baseline for success, you're always going to fail. Because if you are attaching your achievement to a statistic or a specific body, that you may never be able to physically achieve. It's so much added stress to you overall, and you're never going to feel like you're good enough. But if you change it and you're like, well, I want to feel better. I want to be able to run faster. I want to be able to lift more weights. I want to be able to nourish my body in the way that makes me feel my best and I feel optimal and I don't feel bloated and I feel like I'm taking good care of myself. That's a different story, but I feel like there's these blurred lines intersecting them. Totally. Yeah, I think we've talked a little little bit about this in the past on previous episodes that when you set certain habit-based goals or – because I think there's some pressure behind what types of goals you set or how you think about them. But even beyond setting habit-based goals, I think the way that you just framed that, like the way that you even talk to yourself about it, because I think it's one thing to like convince yourself, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But the language around not only what we believe but what we choose to do is so important because it either adds a lot of pressure or allows us to approach it in a much calmer manner. Definitely. Definitely. But we just like dove into that right <laughs> away because it I, I word vomited, but really <laughs> we'll get into all that soon. And being that you are a nurse, we wanted to check in with you and not only thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything you're doing during this time, but also to check in how are you doing? I am okay. It's definitely been weird. It's gotten better. I feel like maybe it's gotten better because things have just seemed to get more like it's become the new normal, which Mm -hmm. is kind of also sad. Um, Where, well, first off, I only work as a nurse part time. Very fortunate for that. Grateful for my husband having good health benefits so I could be per diem and only need to, right now I'm only working like four 12 hour shifts a month, which even when I have to do those, I'm like, ugh, but, and very grateful to have my revenue stream from Instagram and making that cable plus. I don't know what I would do with my daughter right now because school is out oh my God, I know. at this point. That's another oh, story. To all the parents homeschooling, like my heart goes out to them. But that being said, I'm only there a select amount of days out of the month. And I have to give major props to everyone who's there full time. Yes. Because nursing in general outside of a pandemic is so stressful, so overwhelming, so emotionally draining, physically Mm -hmm. demanding. It's really, really hard as it is. And then you have to worry about a pandemic and you have to worry about, am I going to get sick? I'm on the front lines. What's going to happen? And then it just, it's really, really stressful and um, it can really get to you. And I had to be in the COVID unit for one day for a shift there. And I was terrified, terrified to go there. And I I was really lucky because they have all the proper PPE. Like they completely give us the N95s and everything we need. And they make sure that we are super safe. And Paige and I end up taking care of that day, didn't even have it. And so I was very grateful for that. But it is, it is. I mean, talk about bad for your health. I mean, what's Mm. worse than like spiked cortisol levels for 
12 yeah, hours. I can only you know? imagine. Oh. <laughs> so it's a lot, but it's gotten better. I'm in a, I'm a place, I mean, in my county, we don't have that many cases. We have only have had a handful of people actually in my hospital with COVID-19. So it could be much worse. I know you're in New York and it's been crazy there. And yeah. Other counties are a totally different story. So I can't speak for anyone else's experience, but who knows how things will go as things start to open up. It's, you know, questionable at this point, but they've definitely prepared the hospitals and ho- hopefully things will just get better from here. But yeah. thanks for checking in about that. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. And thank you for what you do. And thank you to all the nurses and the doctors. Like, we appreciate you guys so much. And I can't even put myself in your shoes at all because I'm sure it's crazy. But anyway, Chelsea, so what led you to being a part of this health and body confidence space? Um, where did that come from? What was your journey with that? Well, I started my Instagram six years ago. I was super in the midst of a weight loss journey. I had actually lost a bunch of weight. Basically, I was in, I think when I started my Instagram, I had lost about 60 pounds. I was the smallest I had ever been. I hadn't picked up a weight. I was doing mostly cardio. So I was in a very different part of my health journey in regards to looking at my fitness pal, thinking I had to eat 1200 calories a day, thinking I had to do just two hours of cardio. And and it was just a vicious cycle that I had no idea I was in. Mm -hmm. And so I had seen a couple other girls with weight loss Instagram accounts. And I was like, Oh, like, I can do that too. Because I was inspired by them. And I saw that there was a community and I I thought I was doing good. I thought I'd be inspiring people and helping motivate them and showing them that they could do this. Because when you're in it, you're in it. And you think that you're doing the right thing. And you think that that everyone should be doing this and that you're taking care of yourself. And you don't realize all the negative side effects that come along with where you're at because you think you're in the right. Mm -hmm. You think you're doing the right thing. So I started my Instagram account. It grew organically. I collaborated with other people in the weight loss space and Instagram was a very different time back then. It was a very different space. And through this, through that whole, through a couple of years, I ended up going to nursing school. And at that point I had been really honest, but I had met a friend at my gym who was a bikini competitor who put me on a weightlifting regimen and macros and all that stuff. And so I was like really, really like deep in it. I think I was the strictest as I had ever been. In my opinion, I was the quote unquote best I had ever looked. I was the leanest I had ever been with the most amount of muscle. And then I started nursing school and I could not maintain anything. I couldn't keep going to the gym six days a week. I couldn't keep tracking my macros. I couldn't meal prep. I I just couldn't stay on top of everything as I had been before that. And I was just so down on myself. I was so mean to myself. I had already been a mean person to myself for years. I was always so negative, self-deprecating, and that just really just brought it out so much worse. When you think you're doing so good, you think you're doing the right thing, you're seeing success, you're getting compliments, and then you see the number on the scale going up and you see that you're not able to go to the gym as, as much. And I just felt all this hate toward myself and all this negativity. And I got kind of to a breaking point where I realized that I was so mean to myself and it was bringing down the people around me. And I determined I just had to be nicer to myself. And I kind of started this new journey of self-love and trying to embrace my body and just not be so mean to myself which that's when I began the transition from what my old account used to be, Chelsea Gets Fit, XO, to choosing Chelsea because I was (laughs) myself and I was just so much more than getting fit at that point. And that's kind of how I happened into the space I am in now. Wow. So interesting. Definitely. And isn't it so interesting? It's so interesting, I feel like, when – we mistake like we start to mistake discipline like this idea of like oh we have such great discipline we're in such a great spot and all this stuff for I I don't know if I want to use the word obsession but obsession to a degree of like being really really great or a perfectionist in in certain areas and I feel like especially when we have external validation of any sorts which tentatively having like Instagram um and sharing can be difficult because I feel like it adds a whole other layer of pressure that people are kind of waiting to see what you post next and 
how did you end up transitioning your page? Did you get any like resistance from your followers or did you have any resistance yourself if a lot of where you were originally was like part of your identity? So it's crazy to see how many people have kind of stuck around with me this this whole journey. I still have a lot of people in my community that have been here from the beginning of the weight loss stages of my page. But I definitely noticed a lack of growth, um, loss of followers, just really, really decrease in engagement and everything because I don't know if you notice, but what performs better than transformation photos, not really anything. So I, I, it was like a slow transition. I would still post transformation photos, but with more positive captions to them saying I was fine then and I'm fine now and just kind of bringing it all together. But I realized as I started to gain more weight, I didn't feel as comfortable with the before and afters. And then I kept seeing mixed feelings about other people posting. And I'm not someone who has a complete negative mindset around the transformation type photo because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still a representation of me hating myself when I was at my biggest, when I was so deeply unhealthy, when I was depressed, when I didn't care about myself to where I am now, where there's a balance. I love myself. I'm more confident. And yes, there was a weight loss and a process along that road. But I'm still very, very proud of the fact that that girl in that picture turned her life around, made a choice and ended up with who she is today. So I never want to discredit people who are that know that they can be such a trigger for some people. So I have mixed feelings about it. But that was a very long little windy road I went down there in in relation to that. But I, I kind of slowly trickled out of the transformation photos and just kind of just started posting more of what I felt like on the spot. I don't know exactly how it ended up happening, but I tried to be more mindful of the aesthetic of my page as well, opposed to no more pictures of just random food on my iPhone and stuff like that. So that that was part of the process too. I, I was just trying to make my page look, overall look better. And I think things just kind of shifted around that point too. And I want to, I want to go back like a little bit to what you said about like, just because like, I feel like so much of what your Instagram is, is about like the loving yourself and talking about how like the transformation from like that girl that like hated herself to the girl that is, you know, feeling positively about herself. And and at the end of the day, you said it before, it really doesn't have anything to do with the number or the, what you told yourself you were going to look like. I guess I'm really asking like, how can we start to love ourselves? I don't know how to say it because it feels like yeah, such a funny yeah. thing to ask. How can we just love ourselves? Well, it's, I mean, first of all, it sounds, if you're someone who you literally wake up in the morning, you look at the mirror and looking at yourself makes you want to cry, or you wake up in the morning and you just feel this deep hatred for yourself. The thought of trying to love yourself is absolutely ridiculous. And it sounds impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not realistic. And anyone who mentions it, you're just going to roll your eyes at them. Mm-hmm. And that's because there are so many steps between hating yourself to finding love for yourself. And it doesn't, it's not like a flip that you switch. It's very gradual. And honestly, like you can't start the process until you learn to let go of the hate for yourself, which is honestly the hardest part. It's so hard. And I wrote a blog post about this. And and the first thing I say on the journey is just really having to stop being so mean to yourself. And every time those negative thoughts come up, like acknowledge them, but then you need to let them go. You need to know that just because you think it does not mean it's true. Think about it this way. How many times a day does something totally, completely absurd and random pop into your head? Like, are you ever just driving and you're like, what if I so did many. this? Like, what if I just threw my phone out the window? You think All crazy things. You think yep. crazy things that would never happen, you would never do, and you're like, what was that? I would never do that. And then you just toss to the side. But when it's something negative about something we feel about ourselves, we cling on to it and we hold on to it. But we need to learn that just because that thought pops into our head does not mean it's true. So it's just really coming to terms with the fact that if you believe it, that doesn't make it a thing. And Mm -hmm. just slowly recognizing those thoughts and just 
doing your best to let them go and let them pass without holding them on and sitting with it because that can be so harmful. And in addition to that, I mean, don't ever like say it out. How many times have you like talked badly about yourself to other people? That's something that really helped was I just decided, okay, I need to stop speaking badly about myself. Like that self-deprecating thing that we all do to like compensate. Yes. Which we're basically trained to do. Oh yeah. I mean, girls just get together and and just talk crap about themselves to each other and Mm -hmm. it's so normalized, so Mm -hmm. sad. Yeah. does it make you when someone's standing there next to you talking badly about themselves it's uncomfortable totally yeah and I think a lot of that goes with like our our energy is so sensed by someone even without us saying speaking any words so for us to actually put the words out there I think can absolutely make someone else feel uncomfortable and I think it kind of puts people in a position of like not knowing what to say also because they're, they might not know exactly what we even need to hear, you know, so it could be a lose-lose situation. And I think you brought up a great point with putting a stop to giving those negative thoughts power because by by not just acknowledging them and actually saying, like, saying, like, why am I thinking that? What about, the, what does this mean to me? Like, all of these different things is just giving it more power. And I also really appreciated that you said that a self-love journey is a gradual process because I a lot of people get very frustrated with the whole process because I think we are hard on ourselves for not being there sooner. Yeah. And even if you're you're doing a, a great job on the journey, however you want to define that, and then have even moments of self-doubt or negative thoughts. And it's funny because as opposed to acknowledging the thought and letting it pass, it's like you harp on it, you give it power, and then you're double upset because you're upset about the thought and then upset that you have the thought. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And it's just learning to have more grace with yourself. Realize you're human, you're going to mess up, you're going to think things that aren't true, you're going to be harder on yourself than you should be. And just just realize, you know, hey, it's okay. It's okay. I could breathe. I'm okay. And just learning to just be more gentle on yourself because Mm -hmm. we are so hard on ourselves and it just is so damaging. It is. And I think also that it's worth it because, because the process can be gradual. I think it also makes people kind of nervous to begin because we're so like instant gratification. We want to be there sooner. Me and Julia were just saying the other day, is there ever something you wanted to do and you wanted to enjoy the process, but also wanted to just like be at the very end of the process (laughs) already without doing the work? Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it, it can be so challenging. And I think that you really are also a great example of going on a journey like that, that it does have its, its harder days. Not every day is perfect, but that it is also worth it. And that because I I was thinking about this earlier, you start to be able to do things that you were doing before, whether it's like in, let's say you had a difficult relationship with exercise and then now are starting to pursue getting back into a relationship with that. Like I was so afraid of doing that because I'm like, maybe I have to choose one or the other. Like maybe I have to be all in with exercise or not at all. And I think that now I'm like, huh, like a place where those things can coexist, a healthy relationship with exercise can coexist with discipline or consistency, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, I think you're a great example that finding that place is really worth it. Yeah. I think also like something that I'm noticing for myself is like how passive we can be with our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Taking the time to really realize like how we're ta- how we are talking to ourselves because I didn't realize for a long time like how many negative thoughts I have to myself about like the way I look or my body or mm-hmm. whatever like and I'm sure a lot of other people are talking to themselves that way all day long too and not even conscious of it. Yeah. We're so it's so ingrained in us to talk that way to ourselves and mm-hmm. so to not be so passive with our thoughts really listen to what we're saying to ourselves mm-hmm. yeah so we know you have how to pay to... attention to turn mm-hmm. it off definitely and I remember what I was going to say guys don't worry my brain's working again <laughs> I know, she's back. <laughs> it was it was it was back she's back um it was really that that we see life through a different lens because we're different like taking the time to heal I think changes you although all of your previous beliefs and thoughts like you're obviously still aware of them but I think actually taking the time to shift your beliefs ends up making you different ultimately and that's why you see activities differently that's why you see people differently that's why you see the world differently and that's why certain I don't know anything that people can bring up in conversation I feel like we just have a totally different approach because you take that time to heal 
Yeah, yeah, totally. So Chelsea, since you've been so present on social media for quite some time now, have there been any challenges you've faced being such kind of like a public figure on social media? And like, how do you keep certain things of your life private? How's that journey kind of been for you? Well, I actually am pretty good at keeping portions of my life private because my husband is like the biggest introvert in the world. He does not like he does not have social media. He's very off it and he doesn't like to be on mine very much because I'm choosing to put myself out there. He's not. And so I totally respect that. And for the longest time, my daughter wanted like nothing to nothing to do with it. And so there have definitely been times where I'd love to share a picture of my daughter, but she doesn't want me to. So I, I abide by that. Consent is everything. And so I've learned to keep certain things to myself and certain things off my page, even though people assume you share everything. And so if you're not sharing something, no, so it must not be happening. And then mm-hmm. people just make assumptions. And, and that's one of the difficult things with being so on social media is just like the assumptions that people make. And especially lately, I don't know what it is about the past two to three weeks. I think it's just because so many people are home. There's extra keyboard warriors around, but people could just be oh, so yeah. mean and judgmental oh. and just, it doesn't make any sense to me because None. I could never ever picture myself going, Oh, I hate what that girl is posting. I'm going to tell her she looked bad. I'm going to tell her she looks ugly. I'm going right? to tell her this and that. Like, I would, n- I cannot. It blows my mind. It blows, I can't it blows it. No, me too. It's, an, it's insane <laughs> to me. It just, it's crazy. crazy. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm a very sensitive person. I, uh, I'm very sensitive. And <laughs> us I, too, don't worry. <laughs> we are We're all sensitive here. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser and so to get, and to get negative comments, it, it really just depends on the day and the mood yeah. and like where I'm at and my hormonal cycle, how certain things are yeah. me. But sometimes it could hurt, you know? Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Actually, like from an environmental standpoint, someone described this much more eloquently than I ever will. But we're designed, like we we are built to care more about the negative comments we get than the positive ones because mm. it used to inv- it used to from an evolutionary standpoint really improve us because we would take that to heart and then we would do it better so we wanted so like the tribe will be willing to like have us as part of the tribe that but totally these, makes sense yeah and it used yeah. to be great like that used to be perfect but now we're just overwhelmed with so much negativity and we're still hyper focusing on it when it does not benefit us, it does the opposite. It kind of like debilitates us and really, really affects our mood and causes all sorts of negative consequences. So we also, I think, just realizing that it's okay to feel the things because we're we're, we're supposed to feel the things. But I just, I've just really had to come to terms with the fact that they don't know me. These yeah. people mm-hmm. don't know me. And I know me. My husband knows me. My friends know me. And so someone might say, I have no soul, but I know that's not true. I know I'm not a bad person. I know I'm not what they're saying I am. And my content isn't for everyone. No one's content is for everyone. And I just need to kind of remember, I do this for me and I do this for my people, the people that Mm. want to see it, the people that get something out of it, whether that's a laugh or a smile, whatever it is, I just hope they get something out of it. And if my content isn't for them, I just need to know that that's okay and hope Mm. that they just move on. But it can be hard to get all the negative. Absolutely. No, and that's honestly, Chelsea, that's really helpful for us as we have big dreams and big visions and hope to grow. And and our mission is absolutely to impact people. And um, we are huge people pleasers. So, you know, the idea for us of anyone being disappointed in anything we say or do is, is hard. But we are learning to also remember that like we know ourselves and at the end of the day it's about where our hearts are and our intentions are and our immediate circle or even you know people who've seen us in passing and know us we have to try to remember that they wouldn't say something negative or they wouldn't believe that we're mean-spirited or have no soul you know things like that so (laughs) the phrase you've been saying is we're not going to be everyone's cup of tea yeah and it's a hard pill to swallow it is but yeah I, I appreciate that and I'm sure anyone that's 
honestly, going throughout their, their entire li life will benefit from hearing that they can't be everyone's cup of tea. And then at the end of the day, it's about what they're doing and what their intention is and where their heart is. And ultimately, it has to do with how you feel about you. It shouldn't matter mm -hmm. about them. I mean, obviously, you don't want to hurt people. Right. But, but I mean, most of the time, it's just they don't know you. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Totally. And you are super, super busy. So we wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you, how do you balance being a mom? I know you mentioned you're a part time nurse, and also a, a full time Instagrammer. Uh, you kind of just end up feeling like you're not doing a great job at anything. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I'm, you're, no, I know that's not true. <laughs> but like, that's we how you know. feel because you're like, oh, I'm not doing a good enough job at that. I'm not doing a good enough job at that. And what? yeah. I definitely spend way too much time on my phone because mm. when your job is social media, it's like there's there's not like a certain box you go in like, okay, I'm going on Instagram for work and then it only lets you like respond to comments and DMs and then stop you from randomly scrolling. No, like I end up, I, I'm, I could be a hot mess. Trust me. I feel like I, I tend to be a little bit more creative. So I'm like all over the place. I'm not very good with like sticking to a specific like workday layout, but I try, I try. Honestly, like right now, everything's just like a hot mess, especially because my daughter's not in school and all that. Everybody's a mess right now. <laughs> so, so basically, so basically, again, it all comes down to just being gentle on yourself yeah. and just realizing, like, I don't know, you kind of have these moments in your life where certain things are more of a priority than other things, and it's okay if something's getting a lot more focused than other things. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think balance is this like perfect curation of doing the perfect amount of everything at once balance is kind of like hmm, maybe right now i'm super focused on my health and fitness so right now that's my priority that's what i focus in on but you know maybe next time it's building your business working on your podcast like it's okay if your priorities rotate that's more kind of in alignment with what i think balance is mm -hmm. it's kind of rotating your priorities instead of just always having this great perfect mesh of yep. everything yeah. happening at once because that doesn't really happen for me mm -hmm. totally yeah. and i and i love that because i was talking to one of my friends ariel the other day and she was saying you know we always talk about balance and we think of this this like if you think of a little pie chart like, is your life ever really like 25%, 25%, 25%? No, it's not. No. Like you have, there's only 100% that you can give. And there's just no possible way that you can give equally to every single part of you that you like, that, that you care about, you know? Um, so it's like really picking and choosing where you want to focus your attention, what feels right to you. And if no one else was looking, you know, what, where would your actions be? Of course, there are things we have to do sometimes that we don't maybe want to do for whatever reason, whether it's a job that isn't our, our passion or our dream as of yet and is, is paying the bills or whatever. But, um, there's realistically only so much of ourselves that we can give. And the more that that aligns with something that brings us joy to an extent, the better we'll probably feel. Yeah, definitely. And I, I totally relate to that. I, I have my, my nursing job is honestly, it's not like my passion. It was my realistic career that made sense. Mm -hmm. I didn't go into mm -hmm. nursing like, I'm going to be a nurse. This is like something I've always wanted to do. It made sense. It made sense financially, security wise. There's so many reasons why I went into nursing. And I think that people have this misconception that you have to like be in love with your job to do it. I mean, I don't want anyone to be working a job they hate and they're like not being treated right. But mm -hmm. sometimes you need to have a job that helps you do the other things. So totally. like my nursing job, the security I get by, you know, gradually cutting down my hours now because I am in a better place with my social media that it, it does have a couple secure paychecks I get coming in every month. And at least I have that security there, which is something I need. And you know, the security in which I'll always be able to go back to nursing if social media, you know, who knows if Instagram was to be shut down tomorrow. Suddenly you know, disappear. Yeah. So there's, there's comfort in those things. And I, I know that so many people are always told, Oh, you just need to go for it. You just need to, you just need to take a leap and, quit that job and do this. But you know what? We, we have to pay bills. We have to pay bills. Yeah, totally. We have to keep a roof over our head. There's still things that need to be done. You have to take care of yourself. And maybe that works for some people, but I'm more realistic here. And it makes more sense to me to like 
you know, not have all my eggs in one basket and just take a deep dive. I think sometimes it's good to have that security there so you can have your extra energy to go into other things. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I'm glad that you brought that up because yeah. I we see a lot of our friends dealing with of like, well, do I go, do I join the career that I went to college for because that's what I'm supposed to do? Or do I follow this passion? And it, it, sometimes you have to assess and sometimes it's okay to, you know, do the thing that pays the bills for a little while while you start building this other thing. And like, exactly. that's what me and Brenda are doing in a way. Like we both have our career, my other career is also creative. So it's a little different, but you know, we're not just like stopping everything to build this podcast. Sometimes you got to have a side hustle and, and eventually if that's what you want, it can become the main hustle, but it's Mm -hmm. okay to like have that, that sway. It doesn't have to be an all Mm -hmm. or nothing all of the time. And there's, there are a lot of people too that do say they, you know, their nine to five pays the bills and then they have their passion project that doesn't necessarily bring them an income or maybe for some people it does, but like that's what brings them joy. And I think that, there's a lot of pressure to have to have your full-time job be what brings you the most passion, the most fulfillment. And I think some people are okay with having something that does, you know, that that isn't exactly that. And I think either way it's okay. If you get if your passion can also bring you an income, so cool, amazing. But I don't think that it's the case for everyone and I think that sometimes people might feel ashamed of that too. So I guess at the end of the day, just like everything we've talked about so far, it's whatever works for you. Yeah, completely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And Chelsea, you, you resonate with a lot of people. Like you have such a quality about you that resonates with a lot of people. And I see that in your, in your following and your posts. But what about like for a woman who is wanting to kind of make an impact on social media, but doesn't have a large following? Do you have any advice for someone who like feels like they really do have something to say, but aren't at that place of like a large audience yet? Everyone is going to resonate with someone. And it's just finding that someone or those people that your story resonates with. Because your story will resonate with someone. Mm -hmm. Whether that start with one person, then build. There are always people for you who want to listen to your story that relate to you. And it really comes down to just ultimately putting yourself out there. And you have to enjoy the process. You totally have to enjoy it. You have to get something out of it yourself and genuinely want to help others with what you have to say. If you're just going into it, hoping that you'll gain a following, be able to work with brands and make money on Instagram, that's not that's not going to get you anywhere because I did Instagram every day, put in tons of work, didn't see like a dollar up until a couple years ago. And even then it was like very, very minimal money. And it was only up until recently that I've actually seen like a, you know, a decent penny out of what I'm doing. So you need to go into it for the right reasons and know that your story will resonate with someone. And a a lot of the times it's putting your story out there Mm -hmm. resonates with yourself and helps yourself and helps yourself heal. I can't tell you the amount of posts I put out there that, you know, even if this bombs, it doesn't do well, no one resonates with it. Writing this and putting this out there is healing to me. It's therapeutic to me. And if it does help one person, totally worth it. Totally worth it. So I think it's just really good to put that, you know, put that at the top of your head, keep that in mind and, and just, just know that it takes time and so much patience. And it really is about, say you have 10 followers. Don't forget you have 10 followers. Mm. Take care of those 10 followers. Mm. Check in with them. Talk to them. Value them just as much as you would value 10,000 because they are there for you and they care what you have to say. So you should care for them too. And don't forget they're there. Yeah. Oh, wow. I absolutely love that. (laughs) Um, I have a sort of selfish question really, really quickly. Would you say in terms of, in your professional opinion, (laughs) um, (laughs) do you think that like showing up every single day on a feed is important? for someone looking to grow their following? Honestly, it's so hit or miss. The algorithm is very up and down. I had terrible luck with the whole algorithm situation for, I don't know, it's been for a couple of years, my engagement has not been great. I wasn't ever hitting the explore page. It just hasn't been great. Recently, it got really good. Don't know what happened. Recently, <laughs> it got good. And like, like between cool. like a couple weeks ago, 
and now my engagement is like very different and, and I think that's just because I kept going you know yeah. I just I kept posting and I was like you know what my engagement might suck it's fine I might not get mm -hmm. many likes I might not get many comments but you know the people that need to see my posts the people that like my posts the people that like what I have to say they will go to my page and I will still be there for them mm. even if I'm not so showing important. up on their feed even mm -hmm. if my stories aren't popping up for them if they think, hey, what does Chelsea have to say? They can go to my page and I will still be there having something to say for them. And I think that that's something that's really important to keep in mind. But that being said, I usually post every day, but I try to not have as much pressure on myself now because if I'm sitting there, I've had a long day, say I'm at work for 12 hours and I haven't had an Instagram shift, I'm not gonna be like, oh my God, I need to come up with something right now mm -hmm. just so right. I... So I could post it because stuff like that don't, doesn't usually do well because you rush it. Inauthentic, and, yeah. And it's inauthentic and you're just posting for the sake of posting because you're worried about what, what will happen if you don't. Um, but I know, I know tons of people who have killer engagement and they only post a few times a week. So, you know, it just really has to do with what feels best to you, your audience. I, I do think that showing up more often is, is better, you know, consistently being on stories. In my personal experience, I've seen that the, the more I post on stories during the day, the more my views are because you keep popping mm -hmm. up more frequently. So, right. And I used to feel like I was annoying people by just like constantly. Yes. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but I'm like, Hey, you know, like when there are people that I like to watch their stories, I don't give a shit how many sorry can I cuss I hope I yeah, can. You can yeah. Cuss. <laughs> like I don't care how many times they're posting during the day I want to see them post you know right. yeah so if you if resonate with someone and then you're gonna want to see their stuff and that's what you said before and what I think is like so cool and that we need to hear is that it's like you're doing it for you and you're doing it for whoever those people are that really do care, that do resonate, that want to hear yes. your story. Yeah. Yes. That's what and it's it, for. And it's so funny because I'll be like, I'm like, no, for so long, I haven't posted any stories. And today I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, but who wants to watch me doing a morning routine? Like who cares? And then I thought about it. I'm like, I watched Chelsea make her bed this morning. Or I think that was this morning. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm interested. So, so <laughs> it's so funny because we have like different standards for ourselves, regardless of the following, but we're like, oh, nobody's going to want to, you know, watch me do Stop this. Stop that but negative self-talk, Brenda. There you go. Yeah, there you exactly. Go. <laughs> someone is like, say it's one person. Someone will be interested. Right. And you're showing up for the people that care. I and love that. that. Yeah. And so that that's what I try to keep in mind too, that yeah. Maybe some people are getting annoyed. Maybe some people think I post too many stories, but I'm not posting my stories for them. I'm posting my stories for the people that want to see them. I'm writing my posts for the people that it's going to help see them. I'm not writing it. I, I'm not writing it for random girl that goes to my gym that we happen to be following each other. You right. know, I'm writing it for the people who are there to see what I have to say. I love that. So Chelsea, do you have any advice for a woman who wants to start to take control of her health and her wellness, but without sacrificing her mental health. Just know that like, it's such a delicate balance. I mean, everything comes down to balance. And I think that honestly, like I had to go through both extremes. Like sometimes you just need to go through it. Yeah. And I had to go through the extreme diet culture situation to realize, hey, that's not working for me. And then I kind of went to the other extreme where like, I felt like diet culture meant I couldn't work out and I couldn't eat healthy. And I kind of had to go through that period too, to realize I don't feel good on either end of the spectrum. And I want to feel good because if I don't feel good, what's the freaking point? There is none. And so I, I really just had to like, you know, something I want to feel. Yeah. What me? What is my best self? What does she feel like? What is she moving like? What is she eating like? And just really check in and be like, if am I doing that right now? And if you're not, be like, okay, well, what can I work on? What can I do? Maybe I want to feel better. So what does that mean? Does that mean going on more walks? Does that you have to figure out what it means to you because it is so individual. 
someone's feeling their best might be like going on freaking marathon runs and who whatever where like that would make me feel like shit you know like I can't <laughs> do that my knees no thank you um <laughs> but someone else is feeling their best must be might be going and lifting a ton of weights and mm-hmm. and it might be you know again it comes down to like eating what makes you feel your best honestly I don't feel great when I eat things with a bunch of gluten and dairy so I'm gonna do my best to avoid them if I mm-hmm. eat ice cream am I going to beat myself up over it no, because that's something you need to learn too, is that you really need to, as you're exploring this process, be gentle with yourself because it's a learning process. You're learning, you're figuring out what makes you feel good. And so say you do something that makes you not feel good. Okay. Hey, you know that now, you know, that makes you not feel good. You can put that in your little bucket for later and be like, hmm, maybe next time I won't do that. Or you'll be like, you know what? I know that might not make me feel that great, but you know, emotionally that ice cream is going to taste freaking amazing. And that's what I need right now. So it's just really checking in and figuring out what makes you feel your best and doing that. And it's such a process and it takes a long time to get there. I'm still figuring it out. Like, honestly, I, I, I could do things to make myself feel, I, I don't think there's like an end point where you're like, yes, I'm there. I, I just mm. think it's always evolving. It's a always changing. Process. It's always a learning process. Exactly. Yeah. And I think just realizing that and realizing that there isn't this magical place you'll eventually get to, but over time you'll get more comfortable with the process. Yeah. I think totally. that's the key, like getting more comfortable with the process and you will like, and it might be really uncomfortable at first. And it might be scary at first, but as you go on that journey, it's going to get more comfortable. It has mm-hmm. to. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you said um, that you asked the question of like, who do, what, what do I want to be? How does she act? Like, I love that because I don't think many people do that. And when we get clear on what it is that we want out of life, like that's how we can figure out the steps that it takes to get there. And I read the book Atomic Habits and in the book it talked about how a lot of people have this idea of what their identity is. So then the idea of, I don't know, whatever it is, whether it's running a marathon, let's say, um, the idea of doing something like that, it's like, oh, well, I'm not the type of person that does that. Oh, I can't do that. But the reality is if it's something that you actually want and you're you know, there's no physical limitation of any sorts, like you can be whatever you want to be, you just have to make that decision to become that person and figure out what the steps are to get there. But I feel like so often an example that really is random, but resonated with me was like someone who struggles with getting up early and waking up early in the mornings and telling yourself, Oh, well, I'm a lazy person. Like I can't I'm, I'm lazy, I can't do that. And it's like, you can you, you really can you just have to believe that you can and figure out which steps you're going to take to get there. Um, and another thing that you mentioned was this magical end place. I know that when I was pursuing weight loss at first, I was like, okay, I'm going to go really, really hard, really, really fast, lose as much weight as I can. And then once I'm there, I'll never have to think about it again. And I had this idea for so long and, and it's only so recently that I've come to terms with like, there's no end place, a healthy, holistically healthy mental health, emotional, social, all of the things that's a lifelong journey. Like you have to make choices every single day. And sometimes it 100% is the ice cream. And other times it's not other sometimes it's staying in with with your mom and your dad or your brother. And sometimes it's going out like it's making different choices that fit into your definition of healthy every day. And that was like the biggest that was a I was really a transformative moment for me because I feel like I don't know, we believe there's this magical like end place that if we get there fast enough, then we never have to experience hardship again of any sorts. So thank you. So much great advice. I feel like people are going to be having this episode on replay. Yeah, I wish everyone could see me and Brenda's vigorous nodding as she's <laughs> speaking. She's talking like, to me and Brenda yes. are like, yes, yes. But I love the yes. Saying it for audio purposes, but it, <laughs> it is hilarious. I wish you all could see our, our <laughs> obsessive nodding at this point. True. So true. <laughs> Chelsea, do you have, just right before we wrap up to respect your time do you have any daily practices or rituals or routines that you incorporate on the days that I work at the hospital I just like those days don't count so ignore those because I'm just (laughs) trying to get by but even those days I do prioritize time to myself in the morning so I prefer to wake up early so I could have time to myself so I can I usually try to make my bed first thing in the morning. I always feel so much there's so many benefits of making your bed. I go on about this on my mm-hmm. Instagram all the time. And <laughs> I try that. to I try to start <laughs> by like just like 
cleaning up and starting the day on a good note. And then I'll do like my my breakfast and my coffee. And just that kind of is my nice, simple, low pressure morning routine. Because I know all these people that have these super extravagant morning routines that Mm -hmm. I tried to have a morning routine like that where I would have my gratitude journal and I would read like a pay a couple pages from a self help book. And there was just so much to it that if I didn't do it, I felt like a failure. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's not good. Mm -hmm. I don't want to set my morning off like that. So I try to just make my mornings about like me ultimately feeling my best and not having it be too high pressure. And if for some reason I don't have my usual routine, like knowing it's okay, but that really helps me. Like I need time to myself before I could kind of move on with my day. I love that. So important. And because the point of any kind of ritual or morning routine, it it is to just show up as the best you. So if you're doing things that aren't serving you because you feel like you should do them, that's not worth it. No, totally. Exactly. And then the extra layer of judgment, it's 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 an extra guilt about not doing the thing. So yep. you're so right. <laughs> Love that. Chelsea, you have been so incredible. You have dropped so many gems of wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing as much as you shared. We just have two little questions for you before you go. Yeah. So has there been any resource in your life that has helped guide you through your 20s? Ooh, no, not really. I think you just kind of go through it. I think like support, friendship, relationships, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you just got to go through it. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) You you gotta, (laughs) for sure. And our last question is where can people find you? Uh, You could find me on Instagram at choosing Chelsea. I have a website with a blog. It's I am choosing Chelsea.com. And I'm actually launching a podcast soon with my friend Kelsey. And that will be the Chelsea and Kelsey podcast. Hopefully see that shortly. So exciting. Awesome. So everybody look out for that. Follow Chelsea on Instagram. Go read her blog. She is so awesome on all the social media. It's going to make you smile every day. And thank you so much, Chelsea, for being here with us. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Roaring 20s Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.